We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back friends to the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast as you can tell i am not jason perone but i am paul barrett paul brettle joining mark eckel as we were without jason this week mark happy to be back here with you how you doing you're not, wait you're not jason <laughs> oh my god we're it's great I know to have we you look back. very similar <laughs> great to have you back I, I know you're doing well um yeah we're gonna go over the um the award winners for the packers this year i i, I wrote a story um on for packer report a few days ago and the packers aren't going to win any any of the league awards this year <laughs> unfortunately but um, they're not going to, Aaron Rodgers is not going to get his fifth MVP. I don't think they're going to get anybody for rookie of the year. Uh, Matt LaFleur certainly is not going to wow. be coach of the year. Uh, but the Packers have their own, you know, so even though it was a disappointing season at eight mm-hmm. and nine, um, I gave out all the awards that the league gave out MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player, rookie offense, rookie defense, and uh, coach of the year. So I know who mine are. So I'm going to ask you. We'll, we'll start right at the top. Who, in your opinion, who was the Packers' most valuable player this year? So that's a good question because, obviously, it's a team award, so you got to start looking at the offensive or defensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, the you know, if 
Rashawn Gary hadn't been hurt. I think he easily would have been the runaway. Um, so the next option for me would be Jair. So then going to the offensive side of the ball, you know, the most valuable player, in my opinion, would have been Christian Watson, at least on the offensive side, uh, just because of what he did for the uh, how he changed the the position or the the way that the offense was playing prior to his emergence, his his breakout game. Uh, but if I had to pick between the two of those, I think right now I would go with Jair. Um, just that's, be- and that's a good pick. But I went a little little out of the box because you did, you didn't mention a part of the team that where I went. You said offense. Oh, special teams, Keyshawn. I gave yeah. I no, I gave Mason Crosby. Oh, Crosby. Okay, <laughs> I did. I said you know for and I rationalized it by special teams showed the most improvement of any mm-hmm. unit. He really, I mean, after his worst season of of a long, brilliant career with the Packers, he really bounced back. He he had a better long snapper, a much better holder, and he responded. He only missed four field goals this year, and three of them were from 50-plus. One hit the crossbar, as we all know, against the Lions. Um, And he, you know, for a team that relied on field goals much too often this year, He came through for him and he won two games. He won two. He had two game winning kicks in overtime to beat New England and and Dallas, two of their better wins. Um, He kicked four field goals in the win over Miami. Mm -hmm. So we look, just talk about value, most valuable. Mm -hmm. I kind of went out the box a little bit and thought Mason Crosby was their most valuable player. That definitely is when you said special teams, like I blurted out. I thought you were going to go Keyshawn Nixon. Yeah, well, you could (laughs) have. I mean, yeah, you know, I, that was one of my what ifs. Mm-hmm. What if they would have made him the re, the return yeah. guy from day one? Maybe there was four games. You know, I, I forget which game it was after. Is late in the season, but it was a post game press conference. Aaron Rodgers was speaking, and he even mentioned that flat out when praising Keyshawn Nixon as he did a few times. You know, essentially saying what what would have happened if he had been. Because I look back at the Washington game. What they were up seven nothing. It was the second quarter, and Rod, Amari Rogers fumbles like inside the Packers' twenty yard line. Washington recovers. I think they tied the game up after that, and from from there, everything was downhill. You know, even with their loss to the Lions in Week eighteen, if that game ends up a win, you know, the the entire playoff picture's change. I don't think it changes. You know, here we are coming up on Championship Week. I don't think the Packers are in it at this point, but may have been may have been the difference between being a playoff team and not. Um, reason I went with Jair, like I said, I was going back and forth with Christian Watson. Uh, again, it was just kind of more of a sample size Jair being, you know, just that presence on the defense for the entire season, whereas Watson battled injuries early on and really his play down the stretch when they were going up against the dolphins with Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle, when he was going up against Justin Jefferson, uh, and the Vikings, I mean, even the lions have an explosive offense, they were one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL in terms of points per game. And the defense played, you know, I know there's some situational things at the end we can look back on, but overall the defense played well. So that was that was my reasoning for going with Jair. I just think over the course of the season, the sample size that he provided. And early on, we didn't hear a lot from him, but it, I think it was more so because of how the defense was being deployed um, and because he wasn't moving around. There was more of the soft zone coverages teams just weren't throwing his direction 
but I think the second team all pro nod that he got, I think is, you know, oh, evidence of still the the very good season that he had. So that was my reason for him as the MVP. And, and that's not a good that's a that's a, a real good choice. He obviously so he would be your let, let's take it to the next one. He would be your defensive player of the year. Yep, going on the on the defensive side of the ball. I guess this I can try to think here quickly. If I had to go outside the box or just to pick someone different. I know he, it's tough. I know, and I know he didn't have the best season con, in terms of consistency. But you know, you look at how the Packers were able to string together those four wins in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, could have been a fifth against Detroit. A big reason for that was the play of the interior defensive line, and of course, that all starts with Kenny Clark. You know, he had a lull during that middle portion of the season, but December Kenny showed up, and you know, the Packers were playing to stop the pass you know, as they do under Joe Barry, but they were still pretty good down the stretch against the run, even with, you know, trying to take away the pass first. And that started with Kenny Clark in the play up front. So off the top of my head, I think if I just, to, you know, give a different, a different answer and then Jair in terms of defensive player in the year, I guess I look towards Kenny Clark. Oh, I love Kenny. You know, he's one of my favorite yeah. players ever, but. No, nah, Jair was the defensive player of the year. I don't even think it was close. Mm-hmm. I almost got, got going back to MVP and, and just to be off the wall or out of the box. I almost gave it to Gary. Mm-hmm. And my point would would have been, well, you saw how valuable he was because once he went out, the pass rush kind of oh, it's like their brutal. pass rush was was in the. I don't. I know you use a lot of those stats and those DVOA. Mm-hmm. Well, their pass rush was top half of the league, right? Mm-hmm. While, he was, while he was playing. Once he went out, they dropped to like 28th or something, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, so you saw that. I mean, I I contended all year that he was the one player they could ill afford to lose, mm-hmm. even more than Rodgers. And I hate saying, I mean, usually Rod, because I think Jordan Love would have done fine. I really mm-hmm. do. I, I'm I'm a big Jordan Love guy, and I I think well, I hope we'll find out sooner not sooner and later how good Jordan Love is. But they really had nobody. I mean. We we talked about this when you, Jason, and I were doing a show together. How they needed another pass rush. They had they had they had Gary. They had Preston Smith. The kid from South Carolina did all right. And Gabari, mm-hmm. you know, he was okay for a rookie fifth round pick, but yeah, he'd have been much better as the third guy than 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 starting. Mm-hmm. John Garvin became a total washout. He's yeah, he was inactive for a handful yeah, of games. Not yeah. just wasn't the guy. I mean, he mm-hmm. was a seventh round pick. They took a shot. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he's probably gone. So they really, they couldn't. In my opinion, that was the one guy they really couldn't afford to lose because they didn't have anybody. Even Kenny Clark, as great as he is, you had Slayton who played pretty well. So you, you know, you had somebody behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Jones. You had AJ Dillon. You had. But you couldn't – I mean, there was nobody behind Gary to, to do what Gary does. And he was having a great year before he got hurt. So, yeah. right, so you're offensive player of the year. Now, you would stick with Watson, I guess? Um, since we're doing offensive rookie, I'm going to push Watson into that category. Okay. For offensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, we saw Watson's emergence and what that did for the passing game in Week 10 against Dallas and beyond. But I feel like really the Packers' success on offense, and from week 10 through the end of the year, the offense averaged over 26 points per game. And for some context, if they had done that over the course of the season, I think that would have ranked like seventh in the NFL. So they were starting to put up points, and the emergence of the passing game 100% helped Christian Watson. But I think it all started with the run game for them. 
because we saw look at the Tennessee game where they scored 17 points that fourth quarter they had to lean heavily on the passing game it wasn't good enough to get the job done week 18 against Detroit again they bottled up the run game Packers had to lean on the passing game it just wasn't good enough to shoulder the the workload for them but the run game so minus those two games and the other six games that they had during that final stretch Jones and Dylan combined to average 128 yards per game at almost five yards per rush. I mean, that was where everything started for them in terms of getting this offense going. Cause like I said, the passing game just wasn't strong enough. Uh, and it was a combination of Jones and Dylan, but we all saw it. Aaron Jones, you know, he's, he's the play. He was the one consistent from start to finish, you know, when, when healthy uh, playmaker on this offensive side of the ball. So that was my pick. Yeah, Jones, I almost gave him MVP if I went, mm-hmm. if I didn't go off the wall. But the fumble kind of, mm-hmm. just five fumbles is not, you know, and then that God. crucial one against the Lions. I mean, if they, I like to think if he doesn't fumble there, the Packers might win that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if they got a touchdown on on that mm-hmm. drive. But, At um, worst, a field goal. Yeah. And so that went and then it said the Lions get the field goal. So, I mean, you know, um, but he did, I mean, that aside, he did, he put up career numbers for, you know, rushing yards. He had over 1,100, mm-hmm. average over five yards a carry. And then even in the passing game, he was second on the team in receptions. And only by one, he almost, Alan Lazard caught 60 balls this year. He caught 59. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he damn near led the team in, in receptions, which didn't surprise me because that was one of my preseason bold predictions that he would lead the team in, in oh, receptions. That's a good one. And he missed by one. Over uh, Lazard beat him by by one reception, not yards. I know he wouldn't have the most yards, mm-hmm. but I thought he would catch a lot of passes, and he and he did. So, yeah, he was. You know, I, I thought he was an easy choice for. Mm-hmm. Again, Watson. Uh, he just if put his put Watson's numbers out through the whole year. Yeah, yeah, but most valuable player for the season, I think, is Aaron Jones. Most valuable player, or mm-hmm. not off the player of the year, I should say. Mm-hmm. The season, I, I had to give it to Jones. Yep. Um, like I said, if we just did the second half of the season, mm-hmm. I would give it to Watson because the first half Watson really was yep. not doing anything or hurt. I mean, so um, and again, that's another good what if was what if mm-hmm. Watson would have been healthy all year? You know, mm-hmm. who knows? It would have been a lot different. But so the rookie, obviously, offensive, we both go with uh, Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. I I said and I, and I actually wrote this. I would like you could make an argument. I'm not going to make it because I I had to apologize to Watson enough this year when I hated <laughs> the pick and hated and ripped him for the opening drop and cursed out all small school players forever. But uh, he really did come around and I gave him a lot of credit. He worked at it and got better and you know I've done that enough. But um, Zach Tom was yeah. pretty, he really was valuable. No kidding. Not, you know, I he he would be second. Let's put it that way. He'd be my runner up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fourth round pick again, Packers. It's amazing how a team could miss on every third round pick, but do pretty damn well in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with both of that. Uh, I would give it to Watson, but Zach Tom, he he really is a close uh, mention. You know, especially in terms of value. I mean, he went in, mm-hmm. played yeah. left tackle, went back. The Ari was out, did a nice job. Mm-hmm. Oh, the last two games, he you know, Yash struggled at right tackle. He went out there. You know, he shut down um, Zadarius against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And and then Hutchinson is looking like he's going to have a monster game. 
And then he goes in and Hutchinson, he, shut the, he really did a good job against Hutchinson, against the Lions. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a good player. Very much. Zach Thomas will be a starter next year for the, for the Packers. Probably at right time. I'm guessing right tackle if they keep Bakhtiari. You you just answered my question for you. I was going to ask you where he fits in next year. I got to think of the tackle, right? I would think so too. Um, I just want to say this about Watson as well. We saw his big playability, the stats that he put up, but he opened up so much for this offense, as I alluded to earlier. I mean, if we go back to the first Detroit game and earlier, I mean, even in the Dallas game, you know, as he was emerging, uh, the way defenses played green Bay, cause they weren't afraid of the deep ball. Like they were shrinking the field. There's a ton of cover one, uh, take away the run game, daring you to throw the ball, jamming the receivers and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, both over that second half of the season mentioned, uh, on multiple occasions, each of them, how defenses are now playing green Bay differently just because of Watson's presence out there and that big playability. So that helped open up the run game, the quick passing game opportunities for other uh, receivers. I mean, there were a number of plays this, in that second half where you could see Watson's gravity, where the safety is just leaning oh, in his yeah. direction or maybe full out going in his direction. And then that opens the other side of the field for someone else. Uh, I think back to that uh, one example is that Tunyon touchdown against Minnesota. Uh, you watch the safety, he drifts towards Watson's side of the field. It was just like a step or two is very subtle but that's all that Tanya needed and Rogers needed to have enough time to get him in the corner of the end zone. And oh, it's just the little things like that, that don't show up on the stat sheet, but you watch the play over again. And that was the difference between probably a pass breakup and the touchdown. Yeah. Speed. There's nothing like, especially now. I mean, it's always, speed's always been a big factor, but more so now as the, as passing games have developed and team strode ball way more than they used to. But, yeah, you need that guy. Even if he's – like, I remember just going back, I always bring back my Eagles career, you know, covering the Eagles for all those years. They had some guys that they weren't even – they weren't they were okay. But they had that speed. And even just by sending them deep, it, it, the, just like you said, the safe – like, there's no way you're throwing it to him. That's mm-hmm. okay because you, he's he's drawing defenders to his – away from where they – where you want – where you do want to throw the ball. Because they, they have to re- respect his speed. They have to – you can't keep a guy in the box. You, you you need somebody deep all the time. So like you said, it makes the run game better. It makes mm-hmm. it opens up the middle of the field. It opens up a short passing game. It, it does so much. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him, you know, hopefully stay healthy mm-hmm. and put a full year together with Dobbs as well. Yep, absolutely. And I, and I still want to see a little more of a Tory. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's going to – as me and Gutenkunst are only two people that – so yeah, don't forget him too. <laughs> he had that on his touchdown catch. Uh, I forget who it was against. Might have been against Buffalo uh, Torres, but Aaron Rodgers had talked about early on in the season through the middle portion. Like one of the things that he and the receivers were trying to get on the same page on was like Rodgers talks about often. There's the playbook, and then what happens on the field. Right. The safety on that Toure touchdown. Uh, you know, I think he knew what was coming and went to cut off Toure's route. So instead of just going with it still and being covered, he adjusted yeah. and cut back uh, to where there was nobody. And that's when Rodgers found him. And so it's a really little play like that. But I think that goes to show his uh, ability, not, you know, between the ears too, and recognizing that, especially something 
and I guess we'll see who's under center next year, but something that Aaron Rodgers definitely values, you know, in his receivers to notice what's the defense doing. And if I have to go off script, go off script. You know, I really think he could be a decent three. I really, mm-hmm. I do. I think, and that's all they're going to want him to be if they have if yep. Watson and Dobbs. Are now, now talking about speed and, and, and we'll get into, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about awards, but we're talking about the positions now. Packers picked up another guy who might be just as fast as Watson. Now he's a lot smaller. But he's he, pure speed, Bo Melton. Oh, yep. Who they, who they took off, what, Seattle's practice squad? Seattle, I yep. I remember he kid from Rutgers. Mm-hmm. He's a 4-3 guy. I mean, he's got amazing speed, too. So, I mean, if they – if they, I, I'm assuming they plan on keeping him around next year. They didn't, they didn't take him off the practice squad for nothing. They didn't – they liked him. They want to keep him around. Mm-hmm. You line both of those – if they're both on the field at the same time mm-hmm. – just send them both, and you, everything's going to be wide open because they're, they're both going to be burning. They're, they're both going to be beating their guy one on one, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a lot of speed out there with those two. And Melton, I mean, I my guess is the Packers really liked him, and they were going to like. They took Tory late in the seventh. Yeah, they may have taken Melton if Seattle hadn't taken him first. Mm-hmm. And then they then they saw the opportunity to take him off the practice squad, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, all right, the defensive rookie of the year, I think that's pretty easy, but I'll ask you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Quay Walker, just from sheer snaps impact. You know, he had a, like you'd expect from a a rookie linebacker, it was incredibly up and down year for him. But I feel like at the end of the season, especially against the run is where we really saw him start to, uh, or really improve from where he was at the beginning, uh, noticing the run fits and obviously super, super athletic and has playmaking ability. And when he felt more comfortable with what he was seeing and was just seeing and reacting, that's when we saw more of those impact plays for, from him. So yeah, just based on sheer snap quantity, uh, definitely. He also, I mean, he, he filled up the stat sheet for you too. Mm -hmm. He he had 121 tackles, which led the team. He had five of those were for a loss, which is 
among the league team leaders. He had three forced fumbles, seven pass. You know, he broke up seven passes, and he had a sack and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, he showed he can. I like at the end, I when they start those during that win streak, they were blitzing him. They were. Else. They and played him was, at edge rusher a decent yeah. amount too. And he and he showed he could get there a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's going to be like you know, the season ended on a terrible note, mm-hmm. but. He's got to once he controls his emotions a little bit, which will hopefully come because he's a kid, still a rookie. Um, that was a pretty good pick, I think. Mm-hmm. Looking back, that that's going to be he's going to be a pretty good linebacker for. He's going to give the Packers something they haven't had in a long time, mm-hmm. which is a playmaking off-ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. And then you know him and Campbell together could be a nice be a nice duo for a few years too. Mm-hmm. What did you think on just Devontae Wyatt's usage throughout the course of the season? I liked Wyatt. I did. Mm-hmm. I wanted. I I was begging them to play him more. Please play him more. I, I I've seen enough, and I like Dean Lowry, but I, mm-hmm. you know, get him out. And then by the end, he was playing. I know you wrote a couple stories too mm-hmm. about it, right? Saying, you know, the more every time he played, he seemed to do something okay. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't bad. Like Andy gives the grades out every week, which I love mm-hmm. his story on that. And and I'm not kissing up to Andy because he's a boss. Of <laughs> uh, but he would always get a good grade. Like he mm-hmm. played 12 snaps and Andy would give him a plus, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, everybody wants a defense. Everybody thinks defensive line is such a huge need. I think they need depth mm-hmm. on defensive line for sure. But I like a starting three of, of Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, mm-hmm. and Devontae Wyatt. I think that's a nice start. And now I'm assuming Lowry and, and Jerron Reed probably won't be back. Yeah. Maybe one of them, I don't know, but they're going to need, mm-hmm. they are going to need some, some depth. Um, but I think that's where your fourth round pick maybe or something. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not taking a defensive lineman in the first two rounds. I don't think the part that was confusing for me. And I was sitting in, uh, Jerry Montgomery's press conference. This was later in the year, like just a couple weeks left. And he was asked about Devonte Wyatt's playing time and essentially said, well, he's not beating out, you know, Kenny Clark and Jerron Reed, which it's like, well, yeah. So that was kind of, the reasoning that he gave in terms of why his snap count was so low and an area that will have to develop. And I think this is you know common for a lot of rookies, unless you come in as, as like a TJ Slayton where it's your job to stop the run, but they were obviously trying to get him in like passing situations, get right. him on the field. And, you know, you had Clark, you had Reed. And so he was behind them. And that was a big reason why, but I look at Dean Lowry's snap count and, you know, pro football focus has it broken down. He was about 50, 50 in terms of run defense snaps versus pass, but he's more of a dirty work run yeah. defense guy than get after the quarterback. So if you're looking for where snaps could have come from, right. nobody's exactly. telling you to take away yeah. from Jaron Reed or Kenny Clark, take away, from, take Dean away from Dean Lowry. That's what I thought. I thought he should. Now, again, the only thing, and I, I noticed again, from my, my background on being on the beat for so long, coaches see practice every day. Mm. Now, maybe Wyatt just didn't wasn't showing much in practice. I, I mean, I, I, the only thing I could think of was he was doing something wrong, mm-hmm. or wasn't or wasn't doing something right. Yeah, and to get him on the field. But but again, when he did play, I thought he played okay. And then yep. by the end of the year, when Low- after Lowry got hurt, he was kind of forced to play, and I thought he played pretty well. So yeah, going forward, this rookie class could turn out to be pretty yeah, no kidding. Walker, Wyatt, Watson, Tom, Dobbs. yeah, Dobbs and Engabari. Mm-hmm. And then maybe one of those, maybe a you know Rashi Walker in the seventh round. If if, yeah. if he just becomes a decent backup, if he becomes a Yash Neiman, 
Mm-hmm. That's a good pick, you know. I mean, um, even Tariq Carpenter was in. I mean, yeah, you think he was third on the team in special teams tackles. Right. So. That was another nice pick. Um, mm-hmm. Tory in the seventh yeah. round. Uh, the only one, that, and, and again, I don't want to give up on him, but he was a third round pick, so they might give up on him. Is, is Sean Ryan? He's yeah. only, he really only got it. Was disappointing as a rookie, really. I mean, mm-hmm. but not enough. They, you know, he didn't play, and then he got suspended. Yeah. God, the third round they does. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me that a team it really is miss every third round pick since, and not just miss, but like badly. <laughs> yeah, like Jay Sternberger and Amari mm-hmm. Rogers didn't finish out their rookie deals, right. and, and I didn't know that either. <laughs> over at Packers Wire, I've been doing like rookie reviews, and I wrote like for in the future outlook category for Sean Ryan. I'm like, I think he's fighting for a job this summer because be. we know they have depth. They're going to add to it in the draft. That's just what Goody does. Right. And you were inactive for more, a majority of the games before you were even suspended. Like, and I think, I think he's going to have to come in and play well to solidify one of those. I of agree. Because they already had a, I mean, if everyone was healthy, they had like 12 or 13 offensive linemen that they had rostered at one point. You know, Jake Hansen went on IR, Caleb, Caleb, Caleb Jones, Rasheed Walker were inactive. Like, there's a lot of bodies there, and they'll add to it. So, I think yeah, he, he's gonna I have agree. to come in and play well. I agree that he's. I mean, they probably don't want to cut their third round pick in no. the second year. But like you said, if if Bakhtiari's back, and it sounds like he's going to, they're not they're not going to trade or cut him or anything. So, mm-hmm. with him and so you got him and let's say Tom are your tackles, and then you got Myers at center and Runyon and Jenkins at guard. So that's mm-hmm. your starting five, say. If you keep Neiman around, and that's I'm I would consider I said this last week to Jason, I would consider I I give him the tender because I don't want to lose him for, right. for nothing. But can you get something for him? Maybe not a second round pick, mm-hmm. but you, you put the second round tender on him and maybe get a fourth or a fourth and a fifth or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean Cole Van Lannon got him a seventh. Mm-hmm. He didn't even play. He never even played a stat for him. I would. That's a that's a tough one. Like if you put the second round tender on him and someone's willing to give you a second, like that's hard to. Oh, that that heartbeat. Yeah, but I I mean, would you? I would. I would say take a third, but I don't want any thirds because I don't. I just don't want a third. I think for me, I think for me, third and higher. I I don't know that I'd do it. Oh, you would Uh, keep it. Yeah, because the outlook of the position. I think they could. I I hundred percent think Bakhtiari's back for twenty twenty three. I think he's probably gone in twenty twenty four. You could see that being a cap casualty. Well, Neiman could be too. Well, that's why I think you'd hold on to him to maybe potentially resign him because we'll Rasheed Walker and Caleb Jones, like they could be good, but we have no idea. Yeah, right. That's what they got. That's what you're counting on. If, and then Jenkins, it. like keep him at guard. <laughs> we all thought he was going to be a tackle. Yeah. But now it looks like you just leave him at left guard and let, and let him be the best left guard in the league. Yeah. Um, I'm but so, to, so what you would do then, see, I don't want to pay, I don't want a $4 million backup can can the Packers afford to have a four million dollar guy be their backup I guess maybe you that's, can but. that's a good question I guess I guess for me in the grand scheme of the NFL salary cap like four million dollars and he could be their starter like well, not next year not if we think Tom's better I do think Tom's better yeah but I, I would be okay with that because I think that's a, in the grand scheme of the NFL salary cap I think that's a small well, like I'm, I'm all right. I you turned me around on that. Don't give him, don't 
all right, give him the tender, but then work on a if he's if Bakhtiari is not going to be back in twenty four and you need Demon, then yeah, don't don't let him get to that point where you then because then he has all the leverage on you if mm-hmm. if you know right. So try to get him now at a bargain deal. Get him at a three yeah. four year deal at a at four million a year. That's mm-hmm. you know. Didn't they do that with uh, Lucas Patrick? Or maybe he wasn't a restricted free agent, but they I thought they signed him like the couple years ago, like in yeah, 2018. Or, or was it Lane Taylor? Might have been Taylor. It was someone on the offensive line. Yeah. This was back in like 17 or 18. Right. And they did. They 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 gave him like a three or four year deal. Mm-hmm. So I could yeah, all right, I wouldn't mind it. But getting back to the Sean Ryan, right? So they have the starting five and Neiman is six. And Jones and Walker, who they will probably keep around another year. And then the, the guy they picked up. Who actually was ahead of Walker? Uh, um, oh, uh, Luke, yeah, Luke Canuda. Yeah, who I, I mean, yeah. and then Royce I, Newman, and Royce Newman, who's not people. He's like not going Newman. anywhere, right? Newman's ahead of Ryan. Yeah, I mean Newman. People, people want to rip Newman. Oh, he's not that. He 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 started seventeen games, and the mm. team won thirteen of them. And he can play he, guard and tackle. That means he's something. Not a, yeah, he, but he's, I, he's a guard. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> a guard, he's a good third. If he's your third guard behind Jenkins and Runyon, that's a good third guard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ryan, you're right. Ryan could be. He's going to have to show something in, in camp and in, 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 in the preseason games to make this team. Especially and the Packers, based on the compensatory picks, they have eleven in total right now. Um, but yeah, so I saw today they're going to get a um, fifth and two seven. Fifth and two seven. I thought a fifth and one seven, but I'll you know I'll be happy mm-hmm. with two seven. Um, they a, love, so they have like four or five sevens now, right? If they get two sevens, they'll have five sevens if five the projection sevens. is accurate. But no six, <laughs> no six. They, they'll probably try to trade two sevens for a six, right? <laughs> or yeah, or because they don't have a ton of money to spend in free agency, they're going to use all five of them to round out their summer roster. Yeah, no. Like they did, well, they had three last year, three sevens. Four. They had four last year, and they yeah they well, and they, they used all four. Right, was Torrey, Walker, Walker, Jonathan Ford. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Ford. Carpenter and Toure. Uh, yeah. The three of them contributed mm-hmm. in some ways, you know, on, whether on special teams or um, – so that, that'll be five sevens. That's a lot of sevens. I have a, I have a question yeah. for you. I, yeah. I, I, you know, oh, we got to do coach of the year, but go ahead. Okay. So we're already off, a little off topic, so I figured I'd drive us further mm-hmm. into the weeds. <laughs> um, so Goody talked about Darnell Savage at the yeah. – end of season press conference. He's on a one year, fifth year option. It's like just shy of eight million dollar cap hit. Do you think in terms of trying to lessen that cap hit, do you think trading him is on the table for the Packers? Or because the safety position looks so bleak that because the safety position right now is Darnell Savage, Tariq Carpenter, and then they signed, I think his name's James Wiggins, a 2027th round pick to a futures deal. That's the safety position at the moment. Right now. Yeah, I, think, as of now. I think they're going to resign a couple of those, a couple of their free agents. Yeah, I, I would think Rudy Ford's back. I, is Amos? I think it's going to depend on price. I don't know. Yes, it's definitely going to depend on price. And all right, to answer your first question first, just like you said to me with Neiman, what am I? I'm not taking a fifth round pick for Savage. See, I think Savage. Is going to be, I think he's going to play more nickel, which is what I always wanted. I hope so. He was pretty good at that. He was. I thought he was. I thought the last couple of games he played played pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I want to trade him because I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to get a whole lot. 
Now, again, if somebody gives me, wants to give me a second, yeah. I got to strongly think about it. But I, I think if they were to do it, like in my head, and again, I feel like trying to decide what a trade is going to look like is really difficult. But in my head, in terms of compensation, I thought best case scenario fifth. Yeah, see, I don't want, I, I don't know. I think he's more valuable to me than what I'm going to get in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Again, I think I, we it don't definitely be more of a salary cap move to free up eight million right. to do something. Well, else I think they're going to extend them, which I know <laughs> nobody's going to like that. But <laughs> I think they're going to give them a three something, you know, three year deal. Mm-hmm. I'll turn that eight million into a signing bonus and spread it out, and mm-hmm. it's here, you know. Because again, do we know how bad Eric Stokes is hurt? No one ever really found out. It was like a no, I don't know. I think it was like a combination well, yeah. knee and ankle injury, but we don't know when he'll be back. No, right? If he can't start the season, uh, you, I think you're going to see Stokes. I mean, you, you, you'll see Savage more in the slot with Brazil mm-hmm. and and Jair outside. Or what I've wanted, what I've been wanting to do for over a year now is make Brazil your safety. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I, he and I talked about it his rookie year with, in, in Philly. Because mm-hmm. the rap on him always was, he's not that fast mm-hmm. as a corner. But as a safety, his speed is adequate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hits. Mm-hmm. He's a good tackler. You know, he, he makes plays. He's a, he's a good playmaker. I think he'd be, I think he'd be a good safety. Mm-hmm. And put Savage in the, in the nickel with Jair and, and Stokes outside. And then they, they, they got a draft. I mean, I shouldn't say they have to because I thought they had to last year. <laughs> right. They're going to draft a safety somewhere. Yeah. Like pretty high, right? I yeah, hope. I would think so because I just listed off the room. It's pretty depleted. And you bring up an interesting point with Razul because I was thinking about that. When Stokes returns, like you can't put Douglas back in the slot. Like he was no, clearly so much better on the boundary. He's either outside or, like I said, maybe try him at safety a little bit. But mm-hmm. and just sort of make plays. Um, here's the other thing. I'm talking about Adrian Amos. Um Ken, Ken Ing, is it Ken Ingles? Is that how he pronounces his last yeah. name? Who's a cap wizard. I mean, that's amazing mm-hmm. stuff he knows about the captain for a guy that doesn't really work for, the, for a team or anything. Um, he had an interesting point that Adrian Amos is going to count 7 million. 7.9. Oh, 7.9 million. Yeah. Almost, let's say to, not, to not be on the team. <laughs> right. So if he's willing to take a one year deal at anything less than that, it probably behooves them to keep them, right? Yeah, he said, yeah, because Ken wrote that article at Packers Wire, and it was, yeah. he, he didn't get into specifics, but said it, I think it was along lines of like a cheaper contract for Amos. But like, is he, why would he do that? I guess is my question. Why would Amos do it? Yeah, he could get more on the open market. Any? Than a, I think so. This was a down year, but he's been one of the most steady safeties in football for a few years. Yeah, but he's, he's going to be 31. If he can, God bless him. If right. if, if someone's going to give him nine, twelve, thirteen million, then go ahead, take mm-hmm. it, and good luck. I guess. I guess I don't know if. I mean, maybe eight, nine million a year is in the ballpark, or seven, eight million a year. But I guess I'm thinking more in terms of years. Like I, I think you can get more years on the open market than maybe. a one year deal. I don't know. He's thirty one and coming off his worst year. Mm-hmm. But but to your point, between his cap hit. To not be on the team again, unless he agrees right. to a contract. Savage's cap hit. The Packers have almost fifteen or almost sixteen million dollars wrapped up in the safety position, and oh. against Darnell Savage, James Wiggins, and Tariq Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. 
I think they re-signed Ford. Not that, and I don't I do want him. As, I don't. I don't. But he showed he wasn't that. He had. He started off playing well at safety, but mm-hmm. they had to bench him. He's a special teams guy. Yeah, he was a terrific. Not a draft. They got to draft a safety in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to, right? Yep. If they would have taken one last year. They wouldn't have had to, but. And the tight end. That was our other one. Oh. <laughs> I still can't believe they didn't take a tight end last year. And they, they took Sean, Sean Ryan was where they should have taken the tight end. Yes, we were talking about that. We had I forget who it was. We had him. Was it Greg Dulcich from UCLA? Was that our him or Isaiah Likely from Coastal? <laughs> yep. They were both that was our third round pick. Yeah. We had it all figured out for him. Yep. And they took Sean Ryan. Because man, they need playmaking at tight end. Just watch the playoffs. Yeah, like exactly. what playmaking tight ends can do for an offense. Three to four teams have great ones. And because and uh, Hayden Hurst actually had a good year for the Bengals. Did. But Kittle and Kelsey and Goddard. Mm-hmm. And then even like teams that got beat last week, Dal- Dalton Schultz beca- has become a good player for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Jake Ferguson, uh, Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. Yeah, who I thought the Packers might have been interested in last year. If they weren't going to draft one, they may they didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of money, but you know that wouldn't have been a bad signing. But they 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 didn't do tight end and they didn't do safety. And now what do they need? Tight end, yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, one more thing, and then we we will wrap it up. Is and this is I think this is pretty easy. Who was who was on the coaching the Packers coaching staff? Who would you give coach of the year to? Rich Basaccia coming in and saving the day. I uh, we I think the biggest noticeable difference, or a couple one difference with him, I'll say is we really saw the evolution of the young players like over the course of the season. I mentioned Tariq Carpenter, um, Isaiah McDuffie was yeah. another player who became a just a, I think he might have led the team in tackles on special teams uh, so I think that development obviously was incredibly noticeable and one other thing I'll add is this offseason Goody made a noticeable change and he talked about it about bringing in special team specific players like Ford and, Levitt yep uh, yeah. taking Eric Wilson off of the Saints practice squad another good guy on special teams yeah. Keyshawn Nixon like there was a it wasn't just bringing in Basachi and letting him work his magic they they brought in guys to to help as the holder. Well. Even get the punter holder o- O'Donnell. Yep. You know. Yeah, because he came because Jack Coco, he the long snapper. It felt like more maybe it was when the weather turned, but I felt like in the second half of the season there were a lot of low snaps. Yeah, Coco but, but you be. didn't but you didn't really notice it because of O'Donnell. Like he right. did a really good job there. And again, yeah, punting wise, he was okay. Mm-hmm. He was fine. He was average. And I, I think average is a nice but as a holder, he was so much better than um, what's his name? Uh, um, uh, Bajorquez. Bajor, yes, much yeah. which again, you know, holding wasn't his forte, I guess. But um, yes, yeah, so that was that's. And again, I saw they ranked twenty second mm-hmm. overall in the thing. They were better than twenty second. I mean, mm-hmm. because they started off a little slow. Mm-hmm. They had their moments where, from the second. If, if you just did that, where did where did they rank from like game nine on? Yeah, it would be much higher than twenty second. Yeah, you take. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, take out Amari Rogers fumbles. And one thing where they did struggle is they led the league and block kicked. I was gonna say they had three block kicks, which didn't help them either. Mm -hmm. But they also blocked a kick for the first time in like forever. (laughs) So that you know, yeah, no special teams was much improved, and yeah, he's without a doubt the coach. Yeah, and let's hope the Colts don't hire him. Yeah, no kidding. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be the Packers' luck? (laughs) Yeah, it would. <laughs> the only thing that the only thing that that would be a saving grace there is if the if the if the Colts hired him, is if the Packers made Joe Barry their special teams coach and went out and hired a defensive coordinator. 
Yeah, it's, I, uh, I think Joe Barry's here to stay, though. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but they haven't yeah. done it by now. They're not going to do anything. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, so that wraps up our awards, and we, we we went off a little bit talking about some other things. So, what do you got coming up? Are you on all of your different exploits that you write for now? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, over at Packers Wire, I actually wrote about the safety position and the salary okay. cap going off of Ken's article. Um, and again, just kind of the issues that have popped up there. Uh, over at Dairyland Express, I'm doing positional reviews, kind of instead of player by player, taking more of a higher level look in terms of what just went right for the position group and what went wrong. And then just as a, a done, I think this is the third year in a row now, going through the Packers free agents with uh re-sign them, let go and prediction. So I make a case why they would resign this player, why they'd let him walk. And then I make my prediction at the end. The most recent one, Alan Lazard. And uh, I, I predict, don't, don't, don't give it. A I'll, I'll share. I'll share. I predict that he's going to sign elsewhere. I think he's just going to make too much money. Exactly. I, I actually did a free agent. Um, I just did it all in one, one lump. So, you know, all the free agents and, I actually led with him. I mean, he kind of said goodbye mm-hmm. after the Detroit game. And I think he knows that the Packers aren't going to give him what some other team is. And the Packers shouldn't. He, at mm-hmm. best, he's going to be their third guy next year. Mm-hmm. And you can't pay a third guy, you know, $10 million a year or whatever he's going to get. Yeah, because there was – and he, he he brings more to the offense than what MVS did, but there mm-hmm. was supposedly mutual interest last offseason and the Packers bring him back. But when the Chiefs offered MVS the $10-11 million, like they just – couldn't do that and i think because it's not an overly strong wide receiver free agent class this year and so he could easily get 11 12 million a year yeah. and it's just and not feasible him. where the packers are at cap wise right and good for him to get that and, and absolutely you should it's time for them it, it's got a, the wide receiver room has to be watson dobbs tory melton and maybe if they bring i would like a veteran in the mix yeah, i think they needs one yeah but at at at, at a veteran at yes. two million like Randall Cobb took this year or something yeah. else. And maybe it is Cobb. If, if, well, if Rodgers back, is back, Cobb's going to be back with him. I don't know if Cobb comes back without Rodgers, but someone like that, you know, someone, a veteran type who's willing to t- play, to be a backup mm-hmm. and make backup, you know, veteran money. Because mm-hmm. the, the kids have to play. They really do. You can't yep. keep those guys on the bench to let a veteran run around. Um, so, yeah. Um, How about you? So, uh, yeah, I'm doing a similar – I have a story up now on um, the quarterbacks ran. Um, I'm, I'm doing a position by position, but not not what – I'm looking more ahead. What will the – you know, um, what would a Packers quarterback room look like next year? And that's obviously a t- hot topic, but we don't know. <laughs> uh, then running – you know, then I'll do one by – you know, position by position, running backs, wide receiver, tight end, the whole thing. And do they need to draft one? Do they need to sign one? Do they keep who they have? Do they let go? You know, so it'll be mm-hmm. little breakdowns like that. And, um, I talked to a longtime pro scout um, to, to help me out. I haven't talked to him about every position yet, but I have him. I take his input a little bit too on what he thinks they may or may not do. Awesome. So, all right. Well, thank Paul. I'm glad you. I'm glad you came out of re- retirement. <laughs> You're certainly not retired, but at a pack a day. Re- retirement to help out this week and um anytime any when if you i, I know you're busy with the family and the, and your all your jobs but you're always welcome to join jason and i on on the thursday edition of pack a day i'm always happy to be here mark talking packers football with you and thank you guys for tuning in 
as always, we greatly appreciate it. Jason and Mark, we'll see you next Thursday. You can tune in to Packaday Podcast every day of the week. So until then, as Jason Proen always says, take care, stay safe, and as always, go Pack Go! ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done